Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Memorial Day weekend has a good racing aspect to it. That would be the fact that they ran the Indy 500 in Indianapolis today. Well, next weekend's got a good racing aspect to it as well. That would be right here in Elmont, New York, where they will contest the third leg of the Triple Crown, the Belmont Stakes. Here to give us some insight on that while taking a look back at the first two legs of the Triple Crown is a guy who was there in Kentucky, there in uh, Baltimore, and will be in New York next Saturday for the Belmont, uh, part of NBC's great Triple Crown coverage on the TV side. Lafitte Pinkai III joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, Lafitte. Jody, how are you? How are Good, you? bud. My my pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on. How would you describe the first two legs of the Triple Crown this year? Uh, uh, turbulent, I guess, is the, <laughs> the first word that, that comes to mind. Um, you know, that dramatic twist from uh, a celebration of, of trainer Bob Baffert becoming the all-time winningest Kentucky Derby trainer with a seventh victory with Medina Spirit essentially going wire to wire. Uh, you and I spoke, what was it, eight days later after the beta-methasone story broke, and all of that is still pending, and we're waiting the result of the split sample. But if it reveals the same as what the original post-race test revealed, he will be disqualified, and Mandaloon will be regarded as the Kentucky Derby winner. So we will have had two disqualifications in the last two years, last three years right. of the Kentucky Derby. The Derby in between was in September, bizarre. Um, and then you did have a really good feel-good story with Ron Bauer winning the Preakness Stakes for trainer Michael McCarthy, a former assistant to Todd Fletcher. Uh, the emotion that we saw from him after the race, uh, Flavian Pratt winning a first Triple Crown race by actually going under the wire first. His first Triple Crown win was in the Kentucky Derby by disqualification with Country House. So, um a feel-good result to the Preakness Stakes, but naturally marred and, and overshadowed by the story going in regarding Medina Spirit, the positive test, uh, and the team. And I do want to look ahead to the upcoming Belmont Stakes, but I do have to ask you one question about the Kentucky Derby, which still has not yet officially been decided. And I was unknowledgeable of this, and I had to find out about it as the reports were coming out. And I couldn't believe what, that I w- what I was reading was true. The reason why we haven't had the result yet on Bob Baffert's second test, the split test, where they take half of uh, the tests that they had from the uh, animal in question and put it aside, and then if needed to, it can be retested. But Bob Baffert and his connections are still in control of that test. They're in control of what needs to be tested, and they can pick and choose where they want to send it to be tested and when they want to send it to be tested. And there is no real mechanism in place 
for Kentucky and or the Kentucky Derby or anyone, the state of Kentucky, to jump in and go, hey, yeah, like you got to do this now. There's no reason for you to be holding on to it. You got to make a decision and you got to get this test done so we can declare a winner. No, it doesn't say that in the rules. So he can actually hold on to it ad infinitum. Is this ever going to get decided? If ever there was a reason, Jody, to look at it much closer and make the necessary adjustments for the obvious reasons you just laid out, it's now in a scenario where a Kentucky Derby winner being disqualified for a medication violation is a bad enough look for the sport. Um, And then there's a sense of incompetence as well as far as the procedure and it taking this long. And yes, the, there is still, you know, everyone has a right to, to due process naturally and a hearing and the result of the split sample, but you're absolutely right there. It shouldn't take this long. And I think for many of us within the industry, um, because it's front and center and because it's the Kentucky Derby, a lot of us perhaps weren't as aware of the details involved in this type of a situation because it wasn't quite under a microscope the way it is with the Kentucky Derby winner testing positive for a medication violation. Uh, with the Horse Racing Integrity Act, it's supposed to go into effect next season, uh, next year. Uh, I think these are all elements of this particular scenario that need to be looked at closer, that needs fixing and adjusting, and goes back to a, a conversation we've had in racing for many, many years, the need for central leadership, a governing body, i.e. a commissioner, where everybody knows exactly what the rules are. You have 38 different states, I believe, with racing, and each one has its own jurisdiction, all with different rules and regulations. And it gets very confusing, uh, difficult to follow. As as Jerry Bailey said at the top of the Preakness broadcast, um, he says, look, I've been trying to explain this scenario to people who don't necessarily follow the sport. And he said, it's difficult for me to do so. I've been in it 50 years, and I don't necessarily understand all of it. So, yeah. Clearly, this is something that needs to be addressed, like, immediately. I'm a big fan, and I had no idea that, that, that it could play itself out this way. So shame on me, but you're right. The biggest shame is on the industry itself that it doesn't have enough uh, proper rules in place so that we can avoid an embarrassing situation like this. All right, uh, again, before we move to the Belmont, Medina Spirit ran a, a decent third in the uh, Preakness. Uh, I was actually surprised he ran as well as he did. I didn't think he was going to win the first two legs to only extend the controversy even further. I did not expect him to come to New York. He is not. When do you think we will see him again, if we'll see him again? It's a good question. Uh, he's going to – he'll have some time off. The Preakness was a very taxing – I spoke with John Velasquez immediately after the race, asked him what the difference was between the Derby outcome and the Preakness outcome. And for him, it was just the amount of pressure that he was under. Uh, Midnight Bourbon and Irad Ortiz uh, applying that pressure. They weren't going to hand him an easy early lead like he had – in the Kentucky Derby, and and he said he fought. He Medina pressure took its toll, and 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 on on Midnight Bourbon as well, who was in a position of having to attack and chase early on, setting it up beautifully for Rombauer. Um, I I don't know when when uh, I think that's that's it feels as though while that would be a first question that comes to mind in most cases. Okay, this horse won the Derby. He got beaten in the Preakness. When do we see him again? If not the Belmont. 
But in this situation, with the Derby situation still pending, um, I, I I don't know when he'll when he'll race again. Right, and with Bob Baffert's situation pending, because certain right. uh, areas have taken action against Baffert and others haven't. Uh, so I just want to know if you had heard something around the barn, but I'm not surprised that they have stayed noncommittal. All right, let's get to the Belmont itself. Despite the fact that, yes, Medina Spirits have, Bob Baffert's not going to have any other horses. Uh, a horse like Midnight Bourbon contested the first two is going to skip this one for sure. It's still a pretty good quality field as far as I'm concerned. Not very deep. Looks like it's going to be nine. That could even shrink between now and Saturday. Or there could be someone who comes out of the weeds and jumps in late. How would you describe the quality of this Belmont Stakes field as compared to those of the last three, five, ten years? No, Jody, it's pretty good. It might be a little a little deeper than you think when you're talking about the second, third, fourth, fifth-place finishers of the Kentucky Derby, who skipped the Preakness, all coming back. Uh, except, excuse me, uh, Mandaloon, not running in the Belmont Stakes. Hot Rod Charlie and Essential Quality um, and others that, that performed well in the Derby, and that is obviously the, the, the trend for many. If they're not associated with a horse that wins the Derby and you don't have a triple crown to go after, uh, why run the horse right back in a couple of weeks? Um, so that trend to skip the Preakness and run in the Belmont, we've seen Todd Pletcher use it to perfection. A known agenda is another who was, along with Rock Your World, Rock Your World coming back in the Belmont Stakes as well. A known agenda, probably the biggest disappointment aside from Rock Your World. And Rock Your World had an excuse not breaking well in the Kentucky Derby. Um, but for Todd Pletcher, how good he's been with horses that run in the Derby, skip the Preakness, come back in the Belmont Stakes. Uh, he's won three Belmonts, separate Palace Malice, both ran in the Derby. Uh, of course, the Philly Rags to Richie, she ran in the Kentucky Oak. She had 36 days off in between races. I think it's a deeper, more talented field than we saw in the Preakness Stakes. And while in most scenarios for a Belmont Stakes, you want one of two things, right? You want either a triple crown bid, and that way for horse racing, it's front and center, that 21-day buildup of, of one of the most difficult beats in all of sports. We've seen two in the last few years, American Pharoah and Justify. You either want that, and if you don't have it, you want a, a derby freakness rematch, like a grudge match in the third and final duel of the Triple Crown. You don't have that either because Medina Spirit isn't running. Ron Bauer is, but it's a good, deep, talented field. And for the handicappers, I think it makes for a better betting race as opposed to trying to reach and trying to beat an American Pharaoh or justify. Regardless of who you like, you're going to get your price. It's wide open. It feels a little bit like 2016. To me, when, when Nyquist won the Derby, ran bad in the Preakness, didn't run in the Belmont, exaggerated did. You had this big, big field, creator wanted a big price. That's what it feels like going in, wide open, in an exciting race, and just an amazing day of thoroughbred racing top to bottom. How much stock do you put in Flabby and Pratt's choice, who wins the Preakness on Rombauer and decides, no, I'm going to go back to the horse that I finished third with in the Kentucky Derby? You certainly understand this being your son's, uh, your father's son, about commitments by jockeys and agreements and worrying about not only that day's selection that you make for a trainer, but how much it's going to mean to your book for the rest of the year. Uh, uh, why is Flavian Pratt riding Hot Rod Charlie and not Rombauer in the Belmont? First, John Jody, it's a, it's a good problem for jockeys to have, and they're all faced with it from time to time. You know, my, my father turned down the mount on Charismatic for the 99s. Derby. Uh, he wanted to stay back in California and ride a, a really good 
older horse by the name of Event of the Year, I think it was, in a prep for the Hollywood Gold Cup back then when we had Hollywood Park. One of the biggest mistakes of his career. Charismatic, a former claimer, went on to win the, the Derby and Preakness. Um, yeah, you don't want to make a mistake in terms of making those choices. And for Flavian Pratt, the performance by Ron Bauer in the Preakness and how well Hot Rod Charlie ran in the Kentucky Derby, at first I thought, well, maybe this is a situation where because remember, Joel Rosario rode Hot Rod Charlie in the Louisiana Derby. And then he was also riding Concert Tour, considered one of the better Baffert three-year-olds. As soon as Concert Tour ran bad in the Arkansas Derby, now Joel Rosario has to make a call. Do I stick with Concert Tour off a bad race? He didn't wind up running in the Derby anyways. Or Hot Rod Charlie. Understandably, Hot Rod Charlie's trainer, Doug O'Neill, wanted to know. He wanted a commitment. And because Ron Anderson, Joel Rosario's super agent, they couldn't give a commitment right away, not knowing what the scenario was with Concert 2 moving forward. Um, at that point, couldn't give him a commitment, and Doug O'Neill went and secured Flavian Pratt to the Derby, and I thought, well, maybe this is part of the deal. Sometimes an owner and a trainer might say, okay, this rider is going to ride this horse in this race, but you're also going to commit to a couple of other races, and I thought maybe that was it. No, but that wasn't the case. This is Flavian Pratt and his agent sitting down and making a very difficult, difficult decision sticking with Hot Rod Charlie over the Preakness winner in Ron Bauer. It's, it's, this is a tough one. This is a tough one where I don't envy uh, Pratt or his agent having to make this call, considering how impressive Ron Bauer was in the Preakness and how good of a horse Hot Rod Charlie is, that bang-up third-place finish in the Kentucky Derby, and how well Hot Rod Charlie has trained and how good he looks just having arrived in New York uh, last night, as a matter of fact the story inside the story before we even get to the Belmont Park uh, giving us good information a guy who knows a little bit about it Lippy Pinkai the third uh, here on CBS Sports Radio not a bad uh, consolation prize for Ron Bauer picking up John Velasquez who knows a little something about winning triple crown races knows a little something about riding at Belmont Park how much compromise do you think is in there how much does Ron Bauer now have to overcome, if anything, with Velasquez in the irons and now the third duel? Well, he's, uh, he is regarded as the finest position rider in North America for a reason. He's ridden, ridden in 20-plus you know, Belmont stakes or, or whatever it is. All the experience in the world, if at any racetrack on the planet you want experience and a home court advantage, it's massive. Belmont Park, jockeys unfamiliar with Belmont. We'll talk about getting lost. It's so big, those wide-sweeping turns. When do I move? When do I move? Gary Stevens once told me, you know, what you do is when you're riding, when you think you're supposed to make a particular move on the racetrack, count to three, and that's when you're supposed to move at Belmont Park, and specifically the Belmont Stakes. The history of the race is loaded with jockeys that have moved too soon only to pay the price late. So Velasquez makes all the sense in the world aboard Ron Bauer. Here's the concern with Ron Bauer, his owner even, uh, Gunn Fratkin is, first and foremost, he's a handicapper. He is a horse player and immediately wanted to know what handicappers felt about the potential bounce theory. Bouncing and racing, if, if you're a handicapper, you know all about this with the with thoroughgraph and ragged and sheets. It's a method of handicapping based on a cycle. How much time is needed in between races for a horse to run his or her best race if they run really hard, really fast, maybe a little bit more time is better in between races. If they run the fastest race of their career, maybe a little more time is best in between races. That's essentially the, the nuts and bolts of, of part of the, these, this particular handicapping theory that 
you know, a legendary trainer, Bobby Frankel, chose races specifically for his horses. He believed in it so much. Um, Bradkin, being a handicapper, is concerned about Ron Bauer bouncing. Bouncing meaning a, a poor performance following a really good performance. And he ran the best race of his career. I guess by horse racing terms and nowadays, three weeks is considered relatively short rest. Um, coming back in 21 days, and will he react? Will he, quote-unquote, bounce? following that massive performance. I'm wondering if that went into the decision-making for Flavian Pratt. And, and again, Ron Bauer's owner, who is a handicapper, he has publicly said, this is my concern. I worry about him bouncing. Here's why I don't think that's going to be the case. And I favor myself as a handicapper who has won and lost. So I'm not saying what I'm uh, about to state is gospel, but it's what I believe in. Uh, I have cashed a couple of tickets in my day. Um, in the Preakness itself, I thought it was a phenomenal ride by Flavian Pratt because he got him in better position earlier than I thought he would. And at no point did I think he really had to go hard in asking the horse to make the move that he made. I thought he just kind of made it naturally and was able to uh, eat up the field in the stretch because he was just that good. If it had been an all-out effort to be able to get there at the wire at the end, then I would say, uh-oh, and he's going to come back three weeks later, and that was the biggest buyer number he's put up by X amount. Yeah, this horse is absolutely going to bounce. That wasn't the case of Rombauer, at least for my way of visually watching the race. How about you? And don't kill the messenger. I'm just passing along. That's the that's the handicapping theory. I hear you. If the, the eye test of what you're referencing, it looked like an easy win. Rombauer yep. was pulling away. Winning by daylight, and you got the sense that, okay, the farther, the better, that the mile and a half won't be a concern for Ron Bauer. You mentioned the trip. Flavian Pratt is becoming a household name very, very quickly. He's only ridden in five Triple Crown races. Four have hit the board. Uh, Country House, even if maximum security doesn't get disqualified, Country House still runs second at 65 to 1. Battle of Midway, his first derby ride, third at 40 to 1. Hot Rod Charlie, terrific ride. And then Ron Bauer at 11 to 1. In the Preakness, big, he's super, super talented. And Mike McCarthy, Ron Bauer's trainer, was a little bit concerned. He thought Pratt may have had him too close to the pace. It wasn't. He had him in the perfect spot. As you noted, yes, you wouldn't at first glance worry about that race taking too much out of Ron Bauer. And there was no hesitation on Michael McCarthy's part. It wasn't, ah, well, we'll see if we go to the Belmont from here. How does he come out of the race how does he look does he eat up no it was he was in new york like the next day right all of those positive signs it's just i thought it was interesting that fratkin the owner big handicapper he's like i'm worried about this horse bouncing that he's coming off the best performance of his career would he need a little bit more time in between races not to mention the added distance but you're absolutely right when you watch the race it's not like you're gonna say oh man well that race, you know that's gonna you know take the life out of him no he looked like he did it relatively easy but we have every handicapper will tell you they've they've been fooled going by the going by the the eye test alone well we'll know six days from now we're talking to lapid pin you will be part of nbc's coverage 
next Saturday with the uh, Belmont Stakes. All right, we have not touched on essential quality yet. Uh, the mm-hmm. favorite coming into the Kentucky Derby was the two-year-old of the year, undefeated until the first Saturday in May, ran a creditable fourth. If he was a beast, if he was a superstar, if he was a potential triple crown winner, then he would have gone by the three horses that all finished within a length and change of each other. Instead, he ended up fourth. So there's a little uh, shine off the rose there. But he's still a very talented horse and is absolutely bred for a mile and a half. Uh, Will Brad Cox have this horse ready to go five weeks off? Uh, immediately after the Derby, they said, we're going straight to uh, New York to compete in the Belmont. Is he sitting on uh, his best three-year-old race of the year? I think he's sitting on a big race. Brad Cox, and this is, when I first heard this, it was, it was like, what would you just say? It was after Essential Quality's first or second breeze ever, his first, his first work, his first practice, right? And Brad Cox said to, I don't know if it was an assistant trainer or whomever was next to him at the time, this is before the horse even raced. He says, that's a Belmont horse. That horse is going to win the Belmont Stakes just by watching Essential Qualities stride and how he felt he would be built for a longer, a longer distance. And he is by Super Stallion. Tap it. Tap it, I believe, has fired the father of three of the last six. Belmont Stakes winners, so certainly has the right pedigree. Brad Cox, without diminishing or taking any credit away from Medina Spirit, Mandaloon, who Brad Cox trains as well, ran second in the Derby, and Hot Rod Charlie, he feels essential quality ran the best race. That uh, they have the trackist data, right, that they monitor how much ground a horse loses during the course of a race, and that essential quality was wide on the first turn, wide on the far turn, lost about 68 feet, which uh, it translates to about seven or eight lengths. That, that's what the math says. Uh, it's, it's a little bit different because we know that that's, I mean, horses are going to lose ground in races. Are you good enough to overcome it? I think most of us believe essential quality was fast enough to win the Kentucky Derby. He was undefeated, a champion in the favor for a reason, but he wasn't justify slash American Pharaoh good enough to overcome a wide, wide trip. He bumped Rock Your World. By the way, don't sleep on Rock Your World in the Belmont Stakes. He was absolutely eliminated at the start of the Kentucky Derby. I might go back to that well again for the Belmont. I have six days to make up my mind. But with a better trip and without losing that ground, essential quality, it's I'm not saying he wins. I'm saying it's closer. And that, that quote, just I, I keep hearkening back to that and the first time I, I was told that. And I heard him discuss it on, on a radio show, and I read it that, that yeah, he just, like the first or second time he breathed, he said, that's, that's a Belmont Stakes. That's a Belmont Stakes horse. So it's a... Big opportunity for, for essential quality to uh, avenge his, his defeat in the Derby as, as the, as the post time favorite. Correct. All right. We will give you all six of those days to uh, make up your mind. <laughs> but I will ask you just the same six days out with the ability to change your mind between now and 10 minutes before the post when they go around to all you guys and you get your final selections in. Um, who is the top horse or two that you're looking at leaning toward right now? Yeah, essential quality will be the morning line favorite, and I'm guessing the post-time favorite. The favorites are, are, are boring to bet and tout, so why not you know, dig a little bit and reach? It's the third and final leg of the Triple Crown, as we mentioned, the wide-open nature. Uh, Rocky World, again, he broke very sluggishly, leaving the gate in the Derby. This is a horse that went wire to wire in the Santa Anita Derby. 
He was faster than Medina Spirit and got in front of Medina Spirit in the Santa Anita Derby with a clean break. Why wouldn't he have been in front of Medina Spirit in the Kentucky Derby? He got pinched. Joel Rosario lost his, lost his iron. His foot fell out of the iron when he got bumped leaving the gate. Lost all chance. Rock your world. People think that, oh, a mile and a half the distance is farther. You want a closer? No. The, the Belmont Stakes is typically won by a galloper. High cruising speed, horses that are closer to the pace. Rock your world on paper, probably the pace setter. And, and just don't sleep on Todd Fletcher in the Belmont Stakes. Along with the three wins, I believe there's five second-place finishes. Uh, I could be wrong, but five, four or five. He's running three horses. Known agenda coming out of the Kentucky Derby, where he was, again, big disappointment, the Florida Derby winner. Uh, Irad Ortiz, if you get a chance, go back and watch the 2016 Belmont Stakes. It's Irad Ortiz's only Triple Crown win. One of the best rides I have ever seen in a Triple Crown race, certainly in recent memory, with Creator. And it was a big field. He was a closer. And if Known Agenda is going to be successful in the Belmont Stakes, he's going to need that kind of ride. And we've seen Irad Ortiz do it before, do it in the past. So I think that with enough pace, and known agenda, who has been, again, training well, and how good Fletcher is with the horses. Run in the Derby, skip the Preakness, run back in the Belmont. Uh, don't let known agenda get away at your bigger price. Lafitte, I will wave to my TV on Saturday. I don't expect you to wave back, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate it greatly. Whenever you hop on with us, gave us some real good insight today. Thank you much. Good luck on Saturday. Enjoy. Anytime. Appreciate it as always, Jody. Have a good one. Have a great Memorial My Day. pleasure. He is the goods. Uh, Lafitte Pinkai, the third part of NBA's Triple Crown coverage uh, next Saturday in Elmont, New York at the Belmont Stakes. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 